What's up, everyone? It's uh, Tom from Chalk and Fitness. Really excited actually to be joined for something new with Jason and Sam. Both of them you'll have seen before on Chalk and Fitness podcast, and you'll have seen me and Sam on Jason's podcast with CrossFit Bath podcast. What we're looking to do is something a bit more collaborative here, um, uh, informal yet informative chat about all things CrossFit, and specifically today, the latest iteration of the CrossFit Games. There's obviously been the latest announcement of the new format of the CrossFit Games in that it's going to have two stages and we'll get into that in more detail. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Is, the, is this the latest and the last iteration or could we see further changes? If 2020's taught us anything, nothing's certain. Then we want to talk about those that are qualified for the first stage, both in the women's division and the men's division. And then finally, let's kind of really throw it all out there and say, who do we think are going to be those making it through to the second stage? So without further ado, Sam's got the first topic. So Sam, tell us more about the new format that's been announced last Friday, end of, beginning of August. Yeah, so two days ago, um, CrossFit, wait, so let me read you the article, that's gonna be easier. CrossFit today announced a change to the format of the 2020 Reebok CrossFit Games that will separate the event into two stages. The first being an online competition in athletes' home countries from which the top five men and top five women will advance to an in-person finals in California to crown the fittest man and fittest woman on earth. Um, the elements of the 2020 Reebok CrossFit Games will include the roster of 30 men and 30 women from 16 countries who were invited to the 2020 CrossFit Games will compete for their, uh, from their homes or local gyms. The first stage of the competition will determine final placements and prize money for the game's winners from 6th to 30th place. The top five men and top five women will be invited to North Cali uh, Northern California in the finals under strict safety protocols. Um, and then it goes on to talk about the dates being announced and the fact that the online will be done first and then a few weeks later the, uh, the ones that are going to be in person. And then that's pretty much it oh the, the important thing actually is um i think it's important anyway every athlete will be judged in person by an experienced member of the crossfit seminar staff so in their home i i would assume they'll travel they'll have someone from the staff in that country i i, I don't know exactly how that worked but that sounds really cool hmm. what do so we think like an in-person uh online not in person, at home, online competition, virtual, sounds a lot like the Rogue Invitational. So the bar's been mm. set pretty high from that logistics point of view. That is high. I mean, it, I, I agree with you. It sounds similar, but at the same time, like having the judge there, that's like, you know, the, the caliber of judges is top. That's good. I mean, because, you know, one of the complaints of the Open is often the judging. But there's a lot of other elements that it doesn't account for that Rogue did. So we know that kit was identical, layout was, uh, you know, planned out on a piece of paper that you needed to match that. So, even, and, and, you know, we could watch it on the stream and we could see that, yes, while they were in different locations in different parts of the world, it was, for all intensive purposes, identical. It didn't matter where they were. I, that's not the impression I'm getting from this. Uh, and, and I am wondering, depending on the makeup of the events, because again, these aren't simple kind of open workouts. This is meant mm. to be games level workouts mm. where transition times and changes and things like that really come into play. 
I, I don't know how that works uh, from home in the same way. You'd imagine that they would do it it's the same as the Rogue invitation. They, they, the reason, and I guess the reason that Rogue did that was because of the transition period. So your your pull-up bar or you know or your rig was the same distance away from your rower. If you know if you were doing that from the from your wall ball um, target, like if you were doing a, a some sort of AMRAP, you're not gaining anything by being closer or further away. So I feel like you would have to. They will have to do that to make it fair, because the open, generally speaking, you can do as you want if, if within the reason kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, put, I reckon it's the same. They've not explicitly said that, but I have a feeling they're going to have to go down the route of the Rogue Invitational. And whilst they've not been mm. explicit in stating that, we know that CrossFit have got a habit of releasing the partial story to kind of like create the hype and then be like, don't worry, we'll fill in the gaps later. So because people are just going to, you know, especially when they talk about streaming it and you're going to have like six athletes on a screen or however they're going to try and demonstrate all the athletes um, and then be like, well, that person is kind of like, you know, on an echo bike, that person's on an assault bike. This mm -hmm. person's kind of running because they haven't got either <laughs> or something like that. So um, maybe they've not yet kind of, maybe after putting that out, they then rang up uh, Rogue and said, how's your shipping? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I have a feeling, I, I don't know if it's been explicitly written anywhere, but I'm sure Castro has mentioned it in some of the behind the scenes stuff that Rogue are, are working together with them mm. uh, for the game. So it would make sense that they have it there. But also this has been thrown together like comparatively very last minute compared to Rogue. So you might have the intention to set it up the same way. You might just not have the time to, mm. to get that done. I think that the um, uh, kit at the time of the Rogue, kit was at a premium. So you were pay not that they were paying for it, but the shipping times and things like that were out the window. Whereas I think now, with places starting to open up a little more, if they pull their finger out soon, the kit should be there within the time frame that they need. And I'm sure Rogue's kind of suppliers aren't diminished. You know, they they'll be able to knock out. Yeah. The Essentially, you're sending 60 sets of kit to people, really. Yeah, I suppose it's the fact that there are 60 sets of kit out to a lot of different parts of the world that are at different stages of lockdown that are also mm. dealing with different regulations and rules regarding uh, what can come in and go out of the country uh, that is also in flux. So yeah. you could sit down on a piece of paper, have all the current rules and say, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> it doesn't mean that tomorrow there's not going to be an, a new bomb dropped of, oh no, also now this country is not letting anything in because of yeah. uh, you know, another spike. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to come across as the negative one on here. I clearly do, but I don't want that to be the case. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that e even this part of it, before we get on to the five, you know, that will actually travel there, maybe, uh, even this stage isn't a sure thing, even though you're doing it online from home, mm. um, I, would, well, I would say. It goes back to the question, though. Do we think that this is the last iteration of what this is likely to be? Yeah. My, my, my opinion is probably not. Um, I hope it is for their sake, but but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that it will be. Mm. I would say 
this is the last acceptable iteration and already acceptable is kind of in air quotes because Mm. I think this is because of how good a job Rogue did, this is like, okay, this is the limit of what we would consider acceptable to say that this is the CrossFit Games. I think if you take any more steps back, then people will just say, well, it's, it, you know, it wasn't a true test, yeah. basically, is what, what you'll hear, um, which potentially we're already going to hear, particularly from anyone that had, would have qualified for the traditional Games and will not be taking part in this. But if you look at the 2019 games, um, you could argue that, well, a lot of people did argue that there were lots of cuts in stupid places that just didn't work anyway. So did we really get the the CrossFit games or did we just get the Matt Fraser show, like, re- like realistically, or, you know, or the Tia Toomey show? Like, Yeah, I suppose the difference is that you turned up. So you had yeah. an opportunity, you know, your foot it was in the door. You had the, the chance to express your, your fitness. Uh, and if that got you through and, and if the cards didn't fall in your favor, that's one thing, but saying, well, you know, I qualified for the games, a global pandemic meant I wasn't any longer in a qualifying spot. Yeah. I don't think that's fair is a kind of, you know, uh, potentially a justifiable, especially with all the different routes people had into getting into the games. So someone might say, well, yeah, my open score wasn't, particularly high because i wasn't planning on going through the open that was never yeah, that, my intention that was my off season i was going to go to the other sanctional but that didn't happen yeah no i see i see that um, and, and i think like uh maybe like yeah anything like i think you make a really good point it's maybe the last acceptable iteration anything beyond this has to become a by necessity of not design more of an invitational just like well we want to see some elite you know people enjoyed having rogue on their screens let's just have Mm. another iteration of that under the the games banner but it becomes the games invitational or the Mm. games maybe maybe they'll go exhibition or something or expo or something you know and that it's like uh because it just no longer can reflect the pinnacle of the sport because of of all the constraints i mean talking about so before we kind of start tra- even trying to talk about the kind of five in-person stage two, yeah, we, we even saw pre-COVID that um, Atlas Games were struggling to get their kit there on time because of industrial action in Canada. And I think there was an issue with some kit down at Brazil or Argentina didn't turn up and they had to kind of go around the local boxes to kind of get it all together. That might have been 2019, I think. But, you know, logistic, like the number of, like, yeah, the logistics just gets kind of more and more complicated. And even like you might say, well, sending a, a crate full of kit to one person is pretty straightforward, but you got to do that 60 times. Um, yeah. And then there's all the all the human logistics as well of making sure the seminar staff. And, and I think like the other thing I was thinking was they say in, in their home or, or local gym, but that might change as well. Like, you know, what happens if local gyms have to close again and the athlete doesn't have a space that they can kit out at home like yeah i mean maybe maybe as long as the gym it, as long as it's like not a federal crime could open for that individual and cover everything in anti-back but you know P- pat velner for example lives on like the second or third floor apartment like he had some yeah. adjustable dumbbells uh, <laughs> still did pretty all right at rogue i'd like to note but uh <laughs> you know there is that and and so some people might just be taken out of the equation because of because of changes in restrictions and I think that's where the comparison like with the Atlas games falls apart, right? Because, uh, or 
Brazil, the, the regionals that they had just before regionals was a, a thing of the past where equipment didn't turn up. And so they changed it like to a run. It was meant to be, I think it was meant to be on an assault runner and they just turned it into a, a traditional run. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the difference is that's for everyone, right? It, it, everybody runs. No one had an assault runner. The difference is when half the people have kit and the other half don't. And once again, you're knocked out because you don't have the right kit and it's not your fault. It's, you know, circumstances beyond your control. So yeah. they're, they're just, I mean, you know, it might all go perfectly as planned, smooth as you like, maybe, but there are quite a number of, of hurdles you need to jump before. You know, this is very much going to be a case of once you see it, okay. And until you actually see all of the people with their kit throwing down, anything could happen. Yeah. Well, you could the the rogue invitational was an interesting one because it obviously it was everybody in different places but actually like if you looked at the i mean we will in a minute but when you look at the top 30 of each a lot of those people train in the same gym like in, or or live in the same you know or live in the same country for example i know that the states is a huge you know country but but a lot of the guys who have qualified live in the same area because it's like the Nashville of CrossFit or what, you know, or whatever, you know, what, what Nashville is to country kind of Cookville is to CrossFit or, or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like, um, so a lot, and, and in England, like there are, well, we'll look at it in a minute, but in, in certain countries, yeah, they're kind of placed around the similar places, you know, so they could go, okay, well, Tia is in the women's and Matt Fraser is in the men's and they both live in such a place. So, you know, we only need to send one set of kit over there. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the events are similar, which are, you would assume they would be. Yeah. Although Rogue had some very specific rules with regards to what you were and weren't allowed to do. Um, mm. And with like even speaking during the stream was, you know, they weren't allowed, people weren't allowed to speak to yeah. them. They weren't allowed to speak. So, I mean, yeah, having multiple people in the same place could actually potentially be more problematic because perhaps athlete B is told they have to drive an extra hour to another gym because they're not allowed to do the workout mm. at the same time as athlete A, uh, which is also understandable because it's not fair if I can pace off of somebody else and the rest of the field can't. Um, yeah. So again, there's, I mean, you know, better minds than us are working on this, I assume. Yeah. Uh, probably <laughs> and hopefully they've asked these similar questions yeah. um and maybe you know maybe it will all go smoothly and we'll get this top five mm. whether this top five is allowed to enter into the country or already citizens of the country or whether you can be in the country but you can't actually go to the ranch because of again another flare-up which from what i hear is more than likely um yeah there's there's a lot that could go wrong, but you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst. That's, yeah. that's what they say, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think on that top five, like, yeah, there's uncertainty on both the 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 online bit and then that top five. I, I was looking at that and going, well, okay, that's only five people. And when you look at the waiting towards the US, you could see it actually just being a domestic comp potentially, um, but perhaps not. Um, but then I was like, well, if it's only five, I mean, CrossFit have got the budget, right? They could, CrossFit Games have got the budget, right? Just charter a small jet and get them over there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works when well, you're the, not on the a, other, well, the on other, a commercial the other airline, thing right? You, the other thing you could do is just fly them in two weeks early, if that's if that's possible. 
Mm. Like allow them to quarantine for two weeks or fly them in three weeks early, allow them to quarantine and train in one place. Yeah. Um, and then, and then have a week's kind of acclimatization for the, in the ranch or wherever, mm. because that, that's what they did. That's what they've done with some cricket teams um, for when they came over. I think it was it Pakistan came and played in England in a, in a test and they flew them over a month early, uh, had okay. them all, had mm. them all kind of in one hotel that was completely contained and then um, it, it didn't actually work because I think two of them came over actually with yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> but, but then they did quarantine, so. Yeah, although I think there's also something to be said for, you know, contracted, paid sports men and women that, that are salaried and have a certain amount mm. of money coming in yeah. yearly because of the club they play, they play for, uh, as yeah. opposed to games athlete who even though they're at maybe the top of their game, they have obligations they have to fulfill throughout the week because unless they're going to win they're not necessarily guaranteed that the money coming well, that, in is do you know what i mean that's i know it's only the bit. top five so theoretically if the top five are the predictable top five it probably isn't an issue but if you get someone who just has a you know an unexpected phenomenal online comp and he ends up in the top five and is not you know your fraser or your velner or you know one of these massive named athletes who knows what uh i mean they're all pretty big names but you know what i mean uh yeah. not not everyone is <laughs> is doing that well financially through so if you went if you w this is an interesting one actually and i hadn't thought about this until now so if you went by the cross 2019 crossfit games winnings first place got three hundred thousand, second place one hundred fifteen thousand, third seventy five, fourth fifty, fifth thirty five thousand. so that if you did if you came sixth in the qualifier, you'd still get 30 grand for working out at home. Like that seems like a win. Oh, that, I although mean, you're not, let, the, you're not the fittest state. in the world on an online qualifier. They've, they've done more than just work out at home for, uh, for the, the period of that. So, yeah. No, but, but what I mean is you, you don't have the hassle, like yeah, yeah, no, hassle of, of going to then trying to get to X, Y, Z, and you've just won 30 grand for, for one kind of, set of competition you yeah. know you haven't you haven't then got to go and do a bunch more stuff i mean what are they going to be dave castro was talking about like 13 or 15 events have, have you guys been watching the redacted um no. youtube stuff no no not, not you too need much to. i've been leaving it you for you to. oh thanks i um, think um it was, i think it was tim paulson um this year qualified for dubai but didn't go so if you look it up on um like online he was like a 999th place because they just he didn't turn up uh, and i think he still won like 500 dollars or something like it's like well, maybe may even been five grand i can't remember now but he, he won money for not even going like that's that's Winning. the kind of comp you want to be in right Mm-hmm. but that's why they all wanted to go to dubai right oh yeah i mean Dubai's kind of set that, you know, they'll go over there. And I've seen some videos of like Matt Fraser being like, he'd already won Dubai, but there was 50K on the line to win the final event. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to push it, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I mean, he always does yeah. anyway, but, you know, so yeah, they've, they've really kind of opened that. And I know there's a lot about kind of trying to standardize prize money. And, and let's say, you know, you're a professional athlete. These days, it's hard to be a full-time coach and a professional elite level athlete, right? Because of the amount of commitment required to training. So, you know, it's how they make their money. And, and the, the elite level CrossFit compared to 
like sponsorship wise, I don't think compares to other sports. So there we go. So here's something for you just to put a little pin in and we'll come back to it another day for another episode, but standardizing uh, payouts at competitions, does that only go one way? Because the majority of competitions would not be able to compete with Dubai. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that Dubai has to bring down its mm -hmm. prize money in order to standardize with everybody else? Or does this only go one way that people have to guarantee a, a minimum amount and then the sky's the limit? Yeah. But we're not here to talk about that now. But I'm no. just going to hang that. No, there. but that that would and be a really good topic. Hugely. Okay. Mm. Uh, agree on that front. So we've kind of, I think we could go round and round in circles on all the uncertainty of like yeah. what actually might happen with the final iteration of, of the games. But let's look at who, you know, under the current format we're, we're looking to see. Um, I'll start with the women. There's like a lot of familiar names that we'd, we'd expect to see. The likes of Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Kirsten Holty, uh, Tia Claire Toomey, Jamie Simmons, Nee Green, um, Emma McQuaid, more close to home, kind of Irish uh, champion, but also um, kind of finished in the top 20 of the of the, the Open. Um, Laura Horvath's up there as well, Brooke Wells. Um, some more, more names that won't have, have seen because the other thing to consider is it's the top 20 of the Open and then you've got the 10 sanctionals that did take place as well. So UK Sam Briggs qualified through Dubai, um, but Andrea Solberg, um, she qualifies for her first games through Filthy 150. So a rookie going into this, into this, uh, this, this season's finale, for want of a better word. Um, Hayley Adams qualifies through Sid now because she doesn't get a qualification through the Open, which then rescinds the invite that had previously gone to Kelsey Keel. Um, Amanda Barnhart, which, which actually I think just just to put it out there, I think that I I'm going to miss Kelsey Keel. Just just putting that straight out there, I feel like they should have 31 and she'd be it. Yeah. If Kelsey I mean, Keel, if you're watching this, then we all love you. Why, why are you watching this firstly but <laughs> but great she's buddy she's buddies with some of my buddies and, and, and i agree i mean there's there's many situations of kind of like i'm sure there's lots of heartache and a lot of like you know that's been around because they rescinded the national invite invite national champ invites kind of really early on in the kind of lockdown process so there's a lot of people who've had to process that and you know i've been relatively impressed with what i've seen of, of how they've uh demonstrated that on social media but yeah it, it does mean we've seen shifts so emily rolf lost her invite to water through waterpalooza which then went to amanda barnhart but now getting down to some of the names that were on the bubble so um captain david's daughter currently won't be competing because she's just on the out on, on the edge um and then at below her is amanda barnhart um and then uh french athlete caron um is kind of third in that bubble so there are some kind of you know catherine has been a staple of and has won two years in a row um so you know we're we're, we're missing kind of some kind of household names there um now the question i, I, I have controversial thoughts on that to be honest with you. <laughs> well on, uh, on on whether we should be missing them or whether they're household names um well, yeah, Catherine, as you said, won twice, and then since then, it seems has been on a a, a decline, um, if we're being honest. Now, so she she's currently doesn't have a, a, an invite, but she is also one of those that did decline their invite without having an invite. 
Um, you know, I was I was just thinking that I, we we said before we weren't going to go into the whole thing, but I was actually just thinking that she declined an invite she didn't even have. Yeah, and 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 my issue a little bit is that many did, but some were more vocal than others, and some as soon as changes were made were also quite quick to jump in with not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Um, and I went back for a few posts today just to see if my memory was, was correct or not. And you know, that's, I, cause I was also looking to see who had now said they were back in. Um, and obviously she doesn't have an invite, so she hasn't had to say one way or another, whether she is mm. in or out. Um, but I didn't see anything indicating that she changed her mind. It just sort of went quiet on that front, but you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there were athletes, you know, making a stand to distance themselves from the CrossFit brand. And so the CrossFit yeah. kind of entirety. So, and, and I think Catherine was definitely one of those people who was distancing themselves from that. And so it wasn't going to support anything, you know, and, and without an invite, there hasn't been a need for her to kind of say, I'm back in because I'm happy with the changes or for her to say, I'm not back in because I'm not happy with the changes. There are others who have a invite to the games and Dave Castro has made it very clear. It's like they have earned their invite. They have, there's a deadline by which they do have to say yes or no, because we need to give a reasonable time to those that will get the invite without, without them competing. But um, I, I guess, yeah, that the question you could say that she hasn't had to um, kind of say I'm back in they, whether they she might have to, though. So she might have to, though. Yeah. Where, where is she currently? She's like third. I think she's next in line. If she's if 23rd, isn't she? So if someone did decline, she would then have to. Uh, and, I, you know, she, she's, she's I understand 23rd. her stance. She, she's 23rd, but um, I in think the open. Two, uh yeah but um annie was above her so yeah. obviously of course she came second she's not and in, there yeah. was also uh alana fisk is serving a, a ban for for drugs violation so she was in 21st so the final invite yeah. goes to brooke hass um yeah there is the element so you've got brooke hass and um the other person is uh andrea nisler we're both on a qualified team for Mayhem Madness. Now we all know um, that that's mm. not happening anymore, that they've gone as far as just to cancel it. So the question then goes is, did they kind of like cash in for this season and say, you know what, I'm done with competing. I would imagine any, any athlete of this caliber is probably always up for a bit of competing as long as they're fit and able to do so. Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm not at that level, so I can't really empathize. Yeah, but you're doing it at home like yeah. that's the, that's the thing right i mean it yeah. goes back to sam's point earlier like you might not you might not get into that top five and have to worry about traveling but you might at least place high enough or win an event or get you know there might be one event that you know is going to be in your wheelhouse and winning that event is going to earn you some prize money well, so if i don't have to go anywhere i'm at home anyway well, last year the bottom but the, the why not? last year 20th got eight grand yeah eight or eight thousand dollars so you know maybe it will the it will spread out a bit more so that thirtieth gets like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars and then it kind of spread the, the the it will spread out a bit more but yeah it was literally you know, if, a participation if you, trophy <laughs> exactly you get I, f I feel like a year three sports day like here you go have a gold star you yeah. did all right 
you came last, but who cares? Have a good start. I still have my driving license that I earned at Legoland at the age of 10. So these things are valuable. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but before we move on to the men, I do want to just pull out a few other names because I think, you know, it's easy just to kind of throw the kind of the household names around, whether they're Mm -hmm. household or or not. Um, But some really interesting ones. So Mia Hesketh uh, qualified at Australia, but is pregnant as well at the moment. So I would assume she won't compete, which means her invite will pass to an athlete called Laura Clifton. Um, She is uh, a Kiwi, lives in New Zealand. So that'll be a fun time difference. Um, But she came 91st in the Open this year um, with only one finish inside the top 100. Um, Now she qualified through a sanctional, right? But in 2019, she was... 296th in the open so that is going to open up like you know an amazing opportunity for her to kind of compete and Mm. it'll be really interesting i think for these um rookies who you know it's about the experience of being able to travel to carson or madison and and soak up the atmosphere to suddenly if it's similar to the rogue invitational to have to like compete in silence in the comfort of their own box you know it's is it actually any better than what they do than training it, it could be worse right um but you know there are people like that so she's not the only rookie um, do you think that do you think that she'll get back if um the lady you said for amelia hess Mia Hesketh, yeah if she so if she says i'm pregnant i'm not competing do you think they will backfill from the sanctional or do you think they'll backfill from the open would, they would be should backfill from from the sanctional, I believe, based you're, on how it you're works. Right. They, sh- yeah. they should, but yeah. do you think that they they could just they, go on your open score? Uh, no, but they they would have to, wouldn't they? Because I mean, theoretically, it would drop. You know, if you're if you're backfilling from the open, it just drops down to the next one yeah. below you. But if your open score is a lot lower, yeah, like the idea of putting another person in from the open. Uh, you know, I mean, again, that opens a whole can of worms for the person who was another spot below, but didn't get to go in because no, it had to be 10, you know, 30 was the limit, 10 from here, 20 from there. Yet you took nine and 21. So why didn't I get in? Because I'm, you know, like it, I feel you need to have, it's got to be fair across the board, right? It's 20 and 10. You backfill through the center. I mean, and, and just to kind of give some context on that, she is would backfill for Mia Hesketh and finished above Mia Hesketh in the open anyway. So, like, actually, yeah, it, it gets very complicated when you start moving between the two. So, um, but yeah, that, there yeah. are a few, um, a few uh, kind of you know, uh, rookies coming through there. Um, so, my, Kendall. Um, sorry, you know. Tom. My bigger question for her would be in an ideal world where she makes it through being from New Zealand, like, would she be able to go? And would she be allowed to go back in? Because obviously yeah. New Zealand have like almost zero cases of COVID at the moment yeah. because of how tight they've been keeping everything. So like, if you're talking of countries that are going to struggle to travel one place to another, I would have put that very high on my list of, yeah. you know, is it worth going away for a week, potentially not being able to get back in for who knows how many weeks kind of, uh, mm. uh, you know, a I lot. Think, yeah, I think she could go and maybe not go back. And that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, and, and it could be different by then. But yeah, my understanding well, she, is New Zealand closed its borders. 
She'd still have to make the top five, though, right? Yeah. Well, I wonder also about the judge that she needs to be sent. Do they have that? Is the judge already somebody living in New Zealand that they can send off, or were they expecting well, they... to send judges in? Maybe they must have seminar staff in New Zealand, though, right? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, they're, they're, I don't, they're I don't know the to... answer to that question. And, and this is where all those little intricacies start coming out. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, there I'm sure are greater and uh, bigger minds thinking about this, right? <laughs> mm. So, um, but yeah, no, there's definitely a few. Um, another one to kind of keep keep an eye on. Um, I'm going to try and say her name correctly. Kendall um, Vincelletti. Um, she only had one finish outside the top 35 um, in the Open. Um, 49th in the Open last year and 583rd, um, if I read my writing, in 2018. So she's had an astronomic rise into the, uh, into the Open leaderboard. Um, still 23rd in the US, I think, in terms of how it all ranks like in 2019. So, um, you know, kind of that's going to be exciting for her. She's already in the US, which, um, you know, kind of, remove some of the potential logistics for her should it should it kind of go beyond stage one um someone else who made it onto the scene last year so let's think 2019 was the year of like 100 and something competitors per per division right so um uh gabriella migola migela um from poland she did very well in the teens so she's 21 now but she kept she was third for Justine in 2016 in the 17 to six what 15 to 16 year olds or 16 to 17 whichever the division is yeah, so yeah. um you know she's uh she came 75th in the games last year um and there's a few others as well who um christine best um is a four times individual regional competitor who's now got her first invite um so she came fourth in 20.3 actually so it's got some really really strong top 20 three finishes inside the top 21 so, yeah, it'll be really interesting. I think there's some new names and it'll be really given someone like Christine. I don't know. I've never come across the athlete before, but clearly does well in the open competition with some very strong finishes. Could be really interesting to see how she, she does in the, uh, um, in the uh, stage one. So, yeah, should be good. That'll be good. Jason, what about yeah, the men? Jason with the men. What about the men? Well, uh, obviously the three of us have um, declined our invites, but... Yeah, I was busy. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to go through the top 20 and, or more than 20 uh, as will become clear. And then um, also the sanctional invites and just for a few numbers, a few bits of information about the people. Uh, some I'll run through quite quickly, but a couple that maybe stand out a little bit. So uh, obviously Pat Velner won the open. Um, so from Canada. So if anyone is going to be, you know, easy enough to kind of get in, um, it shouldn't be too bad for him. He's had an incredible season. Um, season slash, you know, rogue that was kind of not technically in the season season, but it's happened within the season. But I mean, he came second in Dubai, first at Wadapalooza, first at Rogue, uh, and won the Open. So online competition is looking good for him as well because he's done the Open yeah. and Rogue from, you know, from home. Uh, and as you said, with a pair of dumbbells is kind of all he had to train with. So uh, he's probably out for. Uh, I was going to say revenge, but you know what I mean. Like last year was not his year. He didn't. He didn't get through. Uh, so I imagine if anyone is the man to watch, probably Velna, right? Uh, Matt Fraser came second. You may have heard of him. Obviously, he's got his four CrossFit Games titles under his belt. Could he be the first person to get the fifth? 
not according to Dave Castro, but that's uh, another thing to to talk about probably for another day. Uh, it did very well at Sid, um, so yeah. you know that was that was great. Third place, Lefteris Theophanidis. Now, unfortunately, he's not going to be there because I don't know if you heard about this, but he did have a drug <laughs> sanction. I was very surprised. Everyone was shocked, but. Um, after you know, always doing very well in the open and very poorly at live competition, uh, <laughs> somehow, yeah, you know, strange things happen, don't they? Mm. Fourth, BKG uh, did very well last year. Has had a pretty good season this year. At the uh, I think he placed second at Rogue as well. So uh, he's someone else who can handle the kind of online aspect of competition, um, and he's yeah, he, he's great. I think he's going to do really well. Problem is, he's from Iceland, so that could cause trouble if he does need to get to the States, uh, if he is top five, and, you know, there's a good chance it could be. Uh, we've got Jeffrey Adler, Noah Olsen. So Noah uh, obviously came second last year, uh, gave the, you know, obviously with the change in format, the closest sort of run for his money that Matt Fraser's had in the past couple of years. Uh, he was also someone who was very quick to say they were not in but has said they have accepted the invitation um, with all the changes. Uh, Baden Brown, uh, Jean Simmons, Roy Lemaire, Tyler Christoffel. Here's an interesting one for you. Roman Krenikov. This could mm. be the first time we actually see Krenikov at the CrossFit Games because can't get in because of his visa. So doing it from home might mean that it's the first opportunity we actually get to see uh, Krenikov at the Games. It may mean that he cannot place higher than sixth but uh, Sam's already said he's probably going to pay quite well for that. Well, but, Roman, Roman Kronikov, CrossFit athlete slash international man of mystery, according yeah. to the US. Exactly. But, I mean, Do you that, think I his think middle name's Danger? Danger is his middle name. Danger is his middle name. <laughs> um, is it Johan Koski? Uh, so, again, it's from, so he did well in Dubai, placed sixth, but, uh, again, from Finland. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, could there be travel restrictions? Uh, Samuel uh, Konya, Brandon Luckett, Travis Mayer. So he, yeah, that'd be an interesting name to see there. Tim Paulson as well. So he did pretty good at Filthy 150. I think he placed third there. Samuel Quartz, Scott uh, Tetlow, Jacob Hepner. So Jacob's been popping up all over the place over this season. So that'll be interesting. Cole Sager, uh, he obviously came 11th last year. So he just missed out on that top 10. He uh, was which, so bummed about that last year. I, I think he's. I think this year's a big year for him. Uh, he's yeah, been training and, super hard. I follow him quite quite closely on Instagram and and socials and stuff. And he, he's been training so hard, and he's been, yeah, really, really kind of doing well. Yeah, he placed um, second at uh, Waterpalooza as well. So again, mm. you know, he's he's doing very well now. Someone who, because I'm trying to work it out, because we've got 22 names on here. And the only one that obviously is sure is Lefteris, who had the drug sanction. But number 20 is Rich Froning. Who... Oh, I heard he's pregnant. <laughs> Can't compete. <laughs> that's, that's what I... <laughs> so Froning had previously declined his invite, obviously because of you know, team competition, which isn't happening now. I don't see any way that Froning would do it. I don't see why he would do it. It serves no purpose for him. He's made it abundantly clear he doesn't want to do individual competition anymore. 
this is all the conspiracy. It all makes sense. This is where so, it all came from. It's all it. about trying this to get Browning and Fraser in the same competition. But, it's no COVID. <laughs> it's just CrossFit planned it. But if you read <laughs> or watch anything about Rich Fronin, you know that he is a competitor through and through. And if there is the competition that he is uh, he's in, you know, uh, yeah, he's got more I, to lose than he has to win. He's got so granted. much more to lose. There's, yeah. There is no real upside for him doing this. That's the, the point, right? But then if he doesn't do it, is he just a chicken? All right, Tom, soundbite. <laughs> Honestly, I was there. I was there. I was like, oh. And that one's rich. But yeah, and, and the one thing I thought, is this not just... It's just another open if it's in your own place. Yeah, okay, it's streamed live and you can only do it once, but hasn't he ended up or um, going one and done with his open submissions anyway? So, Yeah, I, I mean, I'm wondering if he has already declined it because, as I said, there's 22 names on the list of those that are going. So the only one that I know for sure is can't go is, is Left Terrace. So why do we have 22 names? I'm assuming... Potentially, he declined it previously and it hasn't been resubmitted. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, you know, it's food for thought because if it was a normal games, we know there's no way he'd be going. If the Mayhem Classic was happening at the same time or the Mayhem Madness was happening at the same time, there's no way he'd be going. But as you said, if the kit's at your house anyway, the temptation could be there. But I mean, if he wins, if he beats Fraser, you know, it wasn't in live competition per se, it's, you know, it doesn't really count. If he loses, ah, so Fraser was better than Fronick. Like, I don't see an upside for him doing it, uh, apart from the money. She's no. a pretty big upside, but I, you know, and, and he's the got competition, the power, so I think he's all right. To be fair. Sorry? And the, comp and the competition, though, to be fair. I mean, his training is basically a competition. Like, he's yeah. got the, <laughs> the fittest people in his gym, and they train like they're competing every day. Um, Roy Gambar and Chandler Smith, who has also said he is accepting his invitation. So, so there you are. Chandler Smith is 22nd and he has said he's accepting his invitation. So definitely two people are not. So more, uh, you know, more substance to the idea that Rich isn't doing it. Uh, from the sanctionals, Filthy150, Justin Manderos. He, that was fantastic. I don't know if you saw him at the Filthy150, uh, saw his mullet flying around. But he was um, he was fantastic there. He's young and he's mm. he's good. Uh, I I'm expecting great things from him. If not this year, with all the craziness, I mean he they also I heard him interviewed. He had a great game plan for the season. Um, like he wasn't planning to win Filthy One Fifty. <laughs> he had gone there kind of to tune up. They had some other sanctionals planned down the line. He did win it, um, and obviously then the plans all fell through because of COVID. But it'll be interesting to see what he can what he can do. Uh, Pete Shaw from Southfit, Khan Porter at Pandaland, Brent Fakowski from Dubai. Um, that'll be interesting because Brent, you know, he's not done brilliantly well in the Open recent in recent years. He, he's someone who likes live competition, doesn't like doing online competition as much. Um, mm. So will the online element, you know, cause cause an issue there? Uh, Lucas Schaefer from Mayhem. Strength in depth, David Sharonke, who I have a question about him because he's obviously from the UK. He was living in America for a time. I don't think he is, but I, 
I don't think I thought, he, I thought he was in uh, he was in Norway, isn't he, or Sweden? I was going to say, I think he's somewhere in Europe. Out there. Um, so again, I, I'm wondering, you know, you know, I, I thought he did. He was well. I mean, he did amazing at at Sid, and that was against Matt Fraser. So, mm. you know, he's he's shown he he deserves to be at the games. Uh, but I, I am intrigued by what might happen down the line. Uh, from Norway, Griffin Roll, Waterpalooza, Saxon Pancheck. So obviously, Saxon, you know, is. Uh, the only pan check we're going to see this time, which is a bit unusual, isn't it? Uh, Jay Crouch from Australia and Adam Davidson got in through Brazil. And unfortunately, all other sanctionals were cancelled, so we don't get anyone else. But uh, mm. it's, a, it's a, a list of very familiar names with a few new ones thrown in. That's really sad as well, because and, and this, would, uh, this kind of it talks about the whole community, but... Um, Zach George at Sid was cheering David Sharonke so hard because he wanted another Brit to come to the games because he'd already he'd already booked his ticket to the games mm. at that point. And then now it's like you've just cheered on your best bud, which is like brilliant, but you've just cheered on your best bud and now he's going and you're not. Like which is really sad. Like but great at the same time for, for David, but I imagine Zach is Well, I, I think uh, this lends even more to David's comments when he was interviewed after winning and he thanked the crowd for cheering so hard for Zach because that spurred him on to yeah. kind of prove himself. Uh, and, and I, you know, I get that because I think if you do talk about like, if you were there and they talk about the UK kind of uh, CrossFitter Zach, you know, he's had quite a prominent rise to fame in the UK, I would say. Um, and he probably is the name on, on most people's lips. So I think, uh, you know, I'm not happy that he's not going, but I, I think it's good for, for David who has, you know, had a, a pretty consistent career within CrossFit uh, to yeah. have that opportunity and, and well-earned. And I get that it's unfortunate that, that Zach didn't get to go because he lost that possibility through the national championship. But at the same time, he did compete at Sid. He was there. He had the opportunity yes. and he was at other sanctioned events as well. So, you know, whether or not he was saving himself a little bit because he had already, you know, punched his well, ticket was, or he'd pushed uh, so hard. Real, at Sid, he was actually real sick. There you go. He, was, so, uh, he, he had a bargain and stuff. Not that that's an excuse, no. but he went anyway because... But you so, know what I mean? I, I think you'd feel differently yeah. if somebody had sort of said, well, I already punched my ticket and then they stepped back. Mm-hmm. But as he was still competing, and yeah, maybe you're not going 100%, but maybe that... I don't know. Maybe that says something about how you, you know, I can't, where the, the Matt Fraser mentality of it's a hundred percent or nothing proves true because, you know, you wouldn't expect him to be like, this is a tune up. I'm just going to try, you know, if he's there, he's there to win. And that's, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. No. And I think that that's the thing is it's, there's, there's lots of familiar names and it's easy then just to, but there's just so much extra kind of layers on this in that. So, I guess where, where we could potentially finish, put ourselves out there that, you know, if it even happens, but, and we should revisit this obviously closer to the time when the dates are confirmed, when the workouts are confirmed, when they're tra- when, when they're competing even, but like we could try and go out there and be like, who do you think are your top five that are going to make it? Um, it's just a random shot for me. Um, but one thing that I'm thinking about when I, um, look at this is that it isn't the games it's essentially the open but a one and done and I'm also then looking at like let's remember that everyone's training has been 
disrupted really heavily by COVID. I am drawn to those that have been able to demonstrate at Rogue Invitational. Um, so that, that kind of uh, is where, uh, where I'm sitting and that's what's leveraging my, my thoughts. I disagree with you about it being like the Open. I know that what, what we perceive as an online competition, because the Open is an online competition, but it's not really an online competition. It's a competition you do in your box and then post your scores online. Like there is a sense of this is a heat. You are in it. You are being judged by a member of the CrossFit seminar staff. Mm. Like you will be no repped in the middle of your set if you don't do a rep. Whereas in the open, they watch it all back and then you get your score three months later or whenever it is, um, or your official score. Whereas actually, I think this is more like like the Rogue Invitational. It's like a games with individuals in places and i think what they, what would be really good just kind of going back to where we were at the start is if they put a screen up with everybody competing so if you had your screen here and then they had everyone else on the screen so you could actually see it was a bit like the games and what you could mm. look over and see like oh crumbs pat velner's pulling away from me as matt fraser and you can kind of see that mm. um yeah I'm, I'm not sure how easy they will You'd be well. I just I don't know how easy you'd be able to identify where people are positioned no, in regard to you because uh, usually like that's been the whole design behind the games, hasn't it? Long kind of moving your little chess piece up the field, so it's very easy at a glance to see where people are placed. And that was something we didn't have at Rogue because you were stuck in a box, uh, and it was quite difficult even for the commentators to always be sure who was uh, leading by a certain number of reps. I think that's where the idea of it being like the open um i suppose like the open in the sense that people don't submit their score generally until the very last minute right you know yeah. you know yeah. you put your score on when you do it and you feel great and then like the last minute all the proper athletes put their scores up and suddenly your score drops down dramatically uh, and i think that's where um that's where someone like bkg uh, we saw at rogue he just methodically works for like he knows how he's yeah. going to approach this workout and he does it that way and he do, it doesn't matter that he's in a box on his own miles away from anyone else it wouldn't have changed the way he approached the workout you look at noah olsen think about that amazing uh, event at last year's games yeah. uh, you know he went out fast he hung on because fraser was nipping at his heels the entire way if fraser hadn't been there would he have got that score Probably not, right? I would have said no. down, if not fractionally, probably quite a bit. So that's where people having the ability to know themselves, know the workout, and not be influenced by what someone else is doing is going to dramatically change the way you attack a workout. Even potentially the next workout, because you go unnecessarily hard on this workout because you can't see that you're a lap ahead of the rest of the field and then you die on the following workout. Whereas if you'd been there and you'd seen that and you knew that what was coming, you may have chosen to just hold back a little bit ready for the next event. There's a whole sphere of gamesmanship that is just eliminated by the fact that you're doing it online from home. In my opinion. Yeah. So do you reckon, Jason, do you reckon you, can you put an asterisk next to five, five men? Uh, yeah, why not? Uh, I'm going to say Velna Fraser, BKG... As much as I'd love Noah to, to get in, I think I'm going to go Sega. And just because I want him to be there, Justin Manderas. Nice. 
What about what about you, Sam? Any thoughts? So the the top four were going to be my that would that would have been my top four. So Velner, Fraser, BKG, and Cole Sager. Um, who would I like to be? Oh, I'd like David Sharonke because go Britain. Um, even though he doesn't live here, uh, but that's not the point. Um, but I'm thinking of who would make a really interesting five for the live kind mm. of the live set. I'd really like Roman Krennikov to actually make it to a live games, to be honest with you, whether he'll get there or not, I don't know, but uh, I'd like, do you know, do you know, in fact, no, I changed that completely. So the top four that I said, plus Jacob Hepner. Nice. Jacob Hepner. Uh, in in mine, I had the same. I had Belner, Fraser, BKG. I think they're 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 definitely there. I was then. I've got three for the remaining two, which is so I've got Jacob Hepner, um, but I've got Noah and Chandler Smith, and I wonder whether those two, as their best mates, but they're going to be like vying for for that mm. fifth position potentially. Um, but then equally, I think Hepner's probably on that bubble as well, and. Um, Jason Colsager is a really good shout. Actually, he's he's shown like, really good. So we'll, we'll see. I'm going to jump us across to to the uh, female female division. Um, Sarah Sigmund's daughter Tia. I think those two are pretty solid. I think as well after Rogue Cara Saunders was looking amazing. I just worry. I saw some of her reflections after Rogue Invitational. I worry of the time difference. And assuming that this will be at least two, if not three days, whether it will just be too much of a disruption. But she's shown she has the capacity and she is at that level. So I think, you know, if 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 she's able to mitigate that impact of the time difference, then she could be she she should be in that top five. I then um, so that's three. I then looked at Carrie Pierce, did well in the open and Going local, Emma McQuaid. So that's my five on on the on the female side. Hmm. What about you, Jace? Yeah, the, the female side is always a lot more difficult um, to pick. I think uh, Tia obviously like proved herself again at Rogue and last year the most dominant female finish at the games ever, basically. Uh, so no doubt Tia's there. I also had uh, Kara Saunders on my list. One, because of what she did at Rogue. She's also been posting some stuff up in the last couple of days about how mm. ready for the games she feels. Um, and, I mean, she's incredible. Like, for, <laughs> for what she's been able to do. And you've got to think that, you know, that, that it's true it's not a huge amount of time between, like, Rogue and the games. But with a, a baby, every kind of month makes a huge difference, right? Because their sleep pattern changes, how much maybe you need to get up in the night. Maybe the fact that she might not actually need to be present herself during those three days, because perhaps, uh, you know, a baby's big enough now that dad can take care of it by himself kind of thing. So there's, there's more at play there, I think. So I would definitely have, um, have Kara there. Then it gets more difficult. I agree with you. <laughs> it gets a lot more difficult after that. Haley Adams. So she did very well last year. Now, what let her down last year at the games was her clean. She just couldn't, you know, put up the numbers. And we already saw a massive improvement on that at Rogue. Yeah. Uh, and every competition, she just gets better. And she's young, so she keeps getting better and hasn't started kind of peaking and just trailing off. So 
I'm always going to pick her because one time I'm going to be right. So um, Hayley Adams is there. <laughs> like a broken clock. Yeah, eventually I'll be right. You're right uh, twice a day. <laughs> and then for my, my final two, I think um, Car- uh, Carrie Pierce is a really good shout. She, again, put up some great performances last year, did really well in the Open, um, is, is a really good athlete. She's often said kind of to be the, the best chance that, that, you know, America has to put a, a woman back on top kind of of the games. Um, Jamie Simmons, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. I've, so I, I always kind of also, you know, Laura Horvath, it just comes down to handstand push-ups, right? Are there going to be handstand push-ups? If not, Laura Horvath. She also did really well at Rogue up until the handstand push-ups. Um, I, th- I think the other thing, we talked about time difference. The other thing I just started thinking about, and that's mainly because you know, I'm sat in a garage and it's sweltering, is like there will be temperature differences and, and that side of things in that like who's got like an air-conditioned gym, who's got big fans, who, you know, that, that side. And, and we can, yeah, let's not get into that in a load of detail, but I think it adds another element of complexity to any athlete who should do well, whether they will do well. Sam, what about you? Any other names you want to throw in for that top five for the females? And I realize I miss Sarah Sigmund's daughter off my list. Okay. So she should probably be in there somewhere. So just knock one of the last couple of people I said off. Yeah. But keep, keep Tia, Kara, <laughs> Haley Adams, Sarah, and then I'll take Laura Horvath as a wild card. There we go. I think, I think that this is potentially very controversial. I think Tia Claire Toomey is second place this year. And I think Kara Saunders is first place this year. I no. genuinely not, and not because I think that Tia has dropped any, because I think she's just on a on a trajectory so high that's crazy. But I think that Kara Saunders is just like vertically on that trajectory straight up. And if if it comes together for her, and as you say, the time difference and all that stuff comes together for her, she is going to absolutely crush this. What will be what will be kind of the difficult thing is if you qualified fourth. And then came first, or if you qualified first and then came fourth at the ranch, that'd be difficult. But we'll maybe talk about that another time. But yeah, I think my five would be Sigmund's daughter, Toomey, Kristen Holt, Laura Hovarth, and Cara Saunders. That's my top five. Um, I mean, they're they're pretty similar top fives we've come out with, to be honest. So um, we're either all very right or all very wrong. Wrong. It'll be interesting to see. Make sure everybody tags Cara into this. podcast when it comes out been some serious so nice fanboy mate i i i as i announced on your um on your podcast tom that we're having another baby and i remember what it was like having a baby you you've had one recently haven't you jason and it, it's just not fun at all and to come what 12th in the open with a nine month old baby it's a ridiculous feat I, I think, um, yeah, because Cara, I know she she was pregnant during the same time that my wife was. So I think yeah. uh, Emily is a couple months older than Scotty. So it's like what she's going through, I've just been there. I'm always just yeah. ahead, but I, it's very fresh in my mind <laughs> when she's doing yeah, these yeah. things. Awesome. Right, yeah, I think, well, I think if it comes together for her, she is on the money. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. And definitely, as I say, let's revisit this. So... Uh, a good uh, good bit of a plate stack chat there. So uh, 
kind of watch this space for some more. Thanks to you all.